0: Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo out there, so just be cool Don't speak too loud, try to fit in But if you don't, then you can be in
1: everyone and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters and unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Cantor, and here with me again is Sam Chung.
0: Hello, officially on the other side of launch. So we have already launched and I have been hearing good things from our five listeners.
1: From our five friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We have gotten more than five <laughs> listeners, which is really, really exciting for me. I'm so glad that people are tuning into the podcast and That people are rediscovering their appreciation for Lizzie McGuire, or in my case, uh, discovering it for the first time. Yeah,
1: it's been a really fun week, and I'm excited to go forth into episode four. But first, it's also been a really crazy week in the world of the Lizzie reboot.
0: In the world of Disney in general.
1: In the world of Disney in general. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Bob was replaced by
0: Bob. So this actually, I think, does tie into the whole situation. I mean, people knew that he was going to probably retire at some point this year, but people didn't know that it was going to happen on the day that it happened. And then he just announced that he was retiring. And a lot of people had kind of, insiders at least, had kind of targeted Kevin Mayer, who was the chairman of Direct to Consumer, to be Bob Iger's replacement. But Bob Iger went a totally different direction and announces Bob Chapek, chairman of Disney Parks, as his successor. So... You have to wonder is he saying something about Disney's direct to consumer strategy that he doesn't promote the direct to consumer chairman to CEO he goes with the chairman of parks instead
1: That is a really interesting choice have you like what is the general vibe in the media landscape right now about it
0: People generally they like Bob Chapek but nobody was thinking that Bob Chapek was going to be the next CEO Bob Chapek is a guy who was at Disney for 27 years and, you know, he was just kind of, he did his work. He was a great worker. He moved up the ladder there and, you know, he was kind of just the guy that everybody's like, that's a nice guy. Bob Iger, even though he's not going to be CEO anymore, is going to remain on Disney for at least another year as kind of acting chair, uh, Mm -hmm. acting chairman so that he can remain a part of a lot of the creative decisions because that's kind of what he said he was missing from his job, he wants to be more involved in the creative strategy of the Walt Disney Company. And I think, you know, he has well earned the right to do whatever he wants to do with regard to the Walt Disney Company.
1: Yeah, I mean, good for Bob. And Iger.
0: Bob Iger. Bob Iger. And but Bob Chape. Good for both good Bobs. For...
1: <laughs> I just, who could bob trust more than another bob is from one bob that's to been another. my joke all week
0: yeah it's getting a little old at this point it is I'm Need sorry. a new joke
1: <laughs> yeah but that that there is something to be said for naming someone who's more involved with the parks as the ceo this leads into sort of the the big news of the hour on all things lizzie mcguire so as we discussed in our intro episode, Lizzie's been on hiatus for a bit. A few months ago, they let go a
0: bit, like seventeen years. <laughs> no, I meant the reboot, not the. I thought you meant the show. I was like, show. it's been on, a, it's been on a bit of a break. Like, a, I don't know, no, almost a twenty-year break. No, Sam, the reboot. <laughs> sorry, the reboot has
1: been on hiatus for two months.
0: Right, right, okay, sorry.
1: Terry was let go for vague creative differences. No word on who a new showrunner would be, what's going on, until late night Tuesday, February 25th, when Hilary Duff posted a little bit of shade in her Insta story. Got shady.
0: Got way shady. Hillary Duff has been all over Instagram this week. I First, know. First, there was the incident with someone trying to film her kid at a soccer game, and she went off on that guy, which good for her, and then this.
1: So the post in her story it was an article about the show Love Victor which is another show on Disney Plus or that was supposed to be on Disney Plus that I have been very excited about it is based on Love Simon which is based on Simon Versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda which is one of my favorite books by one of my favorite authors Becky Albertalli it was announced last week that Love Victor is moving to Hulu because it was deemed not family-friendly enough for Disney+. Plus, Hillary took one of the articles about that show, circled the headline that said, not family-friendly, and wrote, sounds familiar, dot, dot, dot. So that was part one. It was kind of like the first, it was the first time she shadily addressed this hiatus. And Twitter went crazy, I went crazy, just waiting for more to come. And then on Wednesday February 26th Variety dropped an article headline Lizzie McGuire how the Disney plus revival ground to a halt exclusive there is a statement from Terry it's the first time she's spoken out since being let go from the reboot she says I'm so proud of the two episodes we did Hillary has a grasp of Lizzie McGuire at 30 that needs to be seen it's a wonderful thing to watch. I would love for the show to exist, but ideally I would love it if it could be given that treatment of going to Hulu and doing the show that we were doing. That's the part where I'm completely in the dark. It is important to me that this show was important to people. I felt like I wanted to do a show that was worthy of that kind of devotion.
0: To be honest, I think that the show would be better on Hulu. I think that there's more programming around it that makes a lot of sense. Shows like Shrill, I'm not sure if... Broad City is still on Hulu if you don't have Hulu Live, but you have that. You have um, even like The Handmaid's Tale. You have all these kind of grittier shows about older people who older as in not children, which a <laughs> yeah, lot thirty. Of, well, because a lot of the other revivals that Disney has done, uh, Ravens Home and shows like. Um, Girl Meets World. Girl Meets World, yeah, exactly. They are shows that, yes, they have the nostalgic elements of characters from the original series, but they're ultimately shows that are still about children, because they're about the new children that have joined the cast. So this show clearly wouldn't be that. It would be a show about a woman in her 30s gallivanting around New York. It just makes more sense on Hulu. I just think that there's been a disconnect between the way that Disney Plus is messaging The difference between the two platforms versus what people are actually seeing happen.
1: Yeah, I think that they have a lot to work through. Like my biggest frustration with this entire week and all of this news is you can't pander to and exploit on nostalgia and on a millennial audience and then pull back from that and be like, oh, never mind our content's not actually for you.
0: Yeah, and I think that was kind of where the original intent of Disney Plus got lost, where they ended up... I think they ended up pandering to millennial nostalgia maybe more than they anticipated. Because when you take a step back and you look at Disney Plus, it's this whole library full of stuff, and they want it to appeal to every generation. They want it to appeal to, like, literally the old people who were watching Snow White when it first came out, (laughs) if they're still alive. And then... You go through the ages, and you go through the movies of the '50s, and then you go through, you know, the revival of of Disney animation, like The Lion King, and like that era. And so there's all of these different eras that are encompassed within Disney Plus. That's kind of what they feel like that should be, where it's more of this collection of classics and things that appeal to everybody. Whereas something like Lizzie McGuire very niche audience, but a niche audience that is on Hulu. And so I think that's a reason why it would succeed on Hulu.
1: Again, there's no, at this point in time, Hulu's very much a hope. It's not a thing. Terry wants it. And then Friday, February 28th, Hillary made a statement on Instagram addressing this directly for the first time. And she says was incredibly excited to launch Lizzie on Disney+, and my passion remains. However, I feel a huge responsibility to honor the fans' relationship with Lizzie, who, like me, grew up seeing themselves in her. I'd be doing a disservice to everyone by limiting the realities of a 30-year-old's journey to live under the ceiling of a PG rating. It's important to me that just as her experiences as a preteen teenager navigating life were authentic, her next chapters are equally as real and relatable it would be a dream if Disney would let us move the show to Hulu if they were interested and I could bring this beloved character to life again. Heart emoji. And there it is. And I just like kind of, you know, pump my fist in the air a little bit when I read that statement. It was everything I like kind of speculated she was feeling, but it was so nice, like hearing it from her directly that like her and Terry are like taking a stand and like won't move forward with whatever disney plus wants the show to be like there's a universe right now where disney's trying to make a pg lizzie happen and that's wild
0: yeah and i'm not really sure what that would look like because it sounds like there's no children in this revival no and i think that's the that's the problem and that's why the (laughs) the reboot isn't getting made but that's better for us because it gives us more time to recap all of these episodes that we have to watch
1: now it's not not getting made it's just paused
0: it's it's on hiatus. We
1: hope that there is it's more news to come. It's
0: continuing its 17-year hiatus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it just makes me really happy to see that, like, Terry and Hillary are a united front. Like, them as a duo doing the show is very important to me, and I think it's important to a lot of fans. So, yeah, um, I think that this is a developing story for sure. I think there's going to be more to come. Maybe by the time we record the next episode... So we might have to start the next few with a news at the top.
0: Yeah, love some good drama.
1: So now that we have gotten all of the drama out of the way, let's get doing what we do.
0: Yeah, we have an episode to recap. We do. And we've wasted so much time.
1: Um, No, this is important content. <laughs> so we're talking about pool party. In this episode, Lizzie is invited to the hottest party of the year but she can't go because of a family obligation. Worse yet, her best friend Miranda may go without her. This episode aired on February 2nd, 2001.
0: Can I just say, I feel like I say that a lot. Can I just say, (laughs) but can I just say, this is clearly the pilot episode and they look so much younger, especially Hilary Duff. She looks way younger in this episode than any of the previous episodes.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I bet you anything that there was a significant time. Because pilots can be shot and then you have to wait a while until they get picked up. And then this is the age where kids are changing. Gordo's voice is wild in this episode.
0: It's like he's markedly different. A lot of things are markedly different. Cartoon Lizzie, markedly different. Cartoon Lizzie also, like, shapeshifts a lot in this episode. (laughs) She does. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things are very... Kate also is someone who looks so much younger in this episode than in the episodes that we've watched previously.
1: The music score is very intense.
0: Yeah, but they got some, like, real music. Mm -hmm. Where, you know how before we were kind of speculating on the Where Are You Now song? Yeah. Like, who knows that song? But then this episode, they splurged for Why Can't We Be Friends?
1: Oh, but it's... Oh, we'll get there. It's such a good scene. But, yeah, so... Episode four, we've made it to the pilot.
0: Yeah, I finally have an explanation for who all these characters are. I've been wandering around in the dark for three episodes.
1: <laughs> did anything shock you?
0: Not in this in this context because I've heard so much from you. I've watched three episodes already. It's hard to need additional context. Although I did get additional context about the Lizzie and Kate dynamic Mm -hmm. so that was a little bit helpful it would have been way helpful (laughs) going into rumors (laughs) going into episode 101 rumors (laughs) but yeah it was helpful to get that information for sure got some really random information about danny kessler which seems moot now because he's never gonna show up (laughs) yeah
1: i can say his
0: family owns a water park i
1: I know that like every episode i've been saying this is the last time we see danny kessler but i feel like i could say with confidence now this is it So let's just start from the top like we always do. We open and they're in gym class. Lizzie says, welcome to my nightmare, which girl, same. They're outside and doing some sort of like military-esque obstacle course. Lizzie, okay, so I have like a lot of notes in this episode, I realize. I have like more notes than I think I've had for any episode so far. There's just a lot of things that Lizzie says. Um, She has third period gym, which is just an awful, awful slot, I feel, for her.
0: It's also, like, girls only in this gym class. Did you notice that?
1: Yeah. You're right. Where's Gordo?
0: Not in this gym class. Not
1: in this gym class.
0: Maybe he got last period gym.
1: That's the best period gym. I would, like, cross my fingers and be like, let it be last period, because then at least you get to just go home. Like, Like Lizzie says hello, I wasn't going for that sticky, sweaty look when I got dressed this morning. And like, yeah, like it's, it was awful having Jim in the middle of the day. So in Lizzie's opening monologue, we get a lot of, um, you know, I'm just your typical everyday girl. um, I'm not like other girls vibes. And we get, this is like the, you know, anamorphous animated Lizzie where she goes, not nerd, not jock, not brain, not rebel, not diva. And then she says that she's D as in none of the above. But she listed more than four options, I'm just realizing. So when it The be? point comes across. But I get, I get what she's saying.
0: What yeah. I was most excited for in this opening sequence was Dot Marie Jones as the gym teacher. She seems to get typecast yeah. as the gym teacher in a lot of the things that she's in. But I love Dot Marie Jones. I wished her a happy B-list birthday earlier this year. <laughs> Did you know she's a world arm wrestling champion?
1: That's amazing.
0: I know. Yeah. So very happy to see a young Dot Marie Jones here in the first minute of Lizzie McGuire.
1: And she does come back. She does have a little recurring role.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see more. Does she get to sing? They let her sing in Glee.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That they did.
0: They let a lot of things happen in Glee, though.
1: (laughs) So the interesting thing to me about this opening scene outside of... Lizzie being miserable in gym class and just like establishing who she is in this world and how we should situate ourselves in her world is that outside of introducing herself she introduces her mom and those are the only two characters introduced in this opening scene
0: her mom wants to
1: talk about hormones a lot and she goes like hormones and it's like this like close-up shot of Joe's mouth saying it in slow motion Because we love those special effects
0: Yeah although this episode was missing A lot of the special effects that we see later on In the show like I noticed When later on Matt is yelling right mm-hmm. They don't give him the signature like shaking The camera yeah and really Making his voice kind of echo mm-hmm. It was just kind of grating
1: Yeah you're right but yeah She introduces herself she introduces her mom She has a line because the Whole thing is like her mom tries to relate to her by being like, I went through this too. We all kind of go through the same things. And Lizzie says, except for chat rooms and brain surgeon Barbies, things aren't all that different. We already talked about how sketchy animated Lizzie looks. She. But I'm reiterating it.
0: I don't know. Her proportions are a little bit different. And she looks more like a sketch. She does. Her outline is spazzing out all over the place. Yeah. And I feel like she got a bigger part. In the pilot, than she has in previous episodes. Like animated Lizzie got a lot of lines. She
1: did. I know there was so much. There was so much to write down. There was <laughs> yeah. so much content.
0: It did help give more context to the concept of the animated Lizzie, though.
1: Yeah, great for showing for for her. Then we get our theme song, of course, and then the first scene after the theme song is on the school bus. And we've mentioned this before, but. School bus is a terrible place in middle school, and I just love the show for using that.
0: Yeah, this bus especially was anarchy. Everybody was running around on the bus, moving from seat to seat. This bus driver had no control over, I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman.
1: No screen time for the bus driver. Over their domain. No. Which, like, I had some pretty um, wild bus drivers back in my day.
0: Yeah, it's some strict bus drivers. Yeah. Like, hey, sit in your seat. <laughs> they're Massachusetts bus drivers, so they're like, hey, <laughs> you in the back?
1: Would not have like, pack
0: your butt in the seat.
1: <laughs> would not have put up with this shenanigans. Oh, absolutely not. There's a lot to there's a lot to <laughs> unpack. We're introduced to Miranda and Gordo, and everyone gets a sort of like intro package in this episode with a lot of like snapshot sort of photograph montages with like lizzie's vo talking about them correct miranda we learn a very important detail that she has little dress-up outfits for her beanie babies which is not the kind of information you can trust with a lot of people so that's how you know that lizzie and miranda best friends
0: yeah they're super tight
1: and gordo is smart funny really creative Pretty much right about everything, and Lizzie has known him since she was one day old.
0: So, there was very little context to that sentence. If you're one day old, should you really be around other things? (laughs) Like, you would assume she's still at the hospital, right? Right. So, are she and Gordo actually born on the same day? (laughs) Or, like, a day apart? Like, are they very close in age?
1: I don't know. I guess I just took it to mean, like, I didn't take it as literally. And well, that Gordo's you, probably or, a little I bit I mean, older. I guess the
0: other option is that their families are family friends.
1: That's what, like, you can kind of deduce, but then there's no, like, contextual evidence of that either.
0: Yeah, because Gordo says that both of his parents are shrinks. So can we maybe Sam McGuire is a, is a psychologist as well?
1: We would know that, though. Would we? Which is like kind of an interesting point that right off the top, we know what Gordo's parents do, but we still have no idea what Lizzie's parents do.
0: Because they do nothing.
1: Um, and then we get the Kate context, which is probably the most valuable in this episode. I think
0: that this is the most valuable piece of information in this episode.
1: Um, it's your, you know, typical, we used to be best friends, but then she went through puberty first and is now so much cooler than me.
0: Yeah, she woke up with a chest... Miranda says that she wishes that she could just wake up with a chest. I mean, everybody has a chest. It's the extra stuff that you want.
1: It's the, can we say boobs? <laughs> <And we're> like,
0: <laughs> I think so.
1: We're a clean podcast.
0: We're a clean podcast, but we can slip in a boob or two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I just want to like say, like, just as someone who was a middle school girl... I definitely went through a phase where I was like, oh, why don't I have boobs? And like, I made it through. I'm now on the other side as a 24-year-old adult. I still don't really have boobs, and it's fantastic. Like,
0: Well, you could always stuff your bra. That seems to work out really well.
1: Yeah, good tip. (laughs) (laughs) Not everything is about being able to fill a bra. I know it feels that way when you're 12, but...
0: I mean, that was all I thought about (laughs) when I was twelve. Evidently, yeah.
1: At this point, Danny Kessler gets up from his seat and saunters over to Lizzie and Miranda. We get some like kind of suave, sort of like trumpet, saxophony type music.
0: I mean, he's the closest that any of them are ever going to get to Brad Pitt.
1: Yeah, and that's that is quite the compliment for Danny Kessler. Someone always wants to kiss Danny. Like, all the girls are, like, kind of, like, all the popular girls that are with Kate in the back of the bus are kind of, like, squealing and being, like, somebody wants to kiss you and, like, just making a ruckus over this. And he, like, looks at Lizzie and Miranda and goes, it's a burden.
0: (laughs) Yeah, life must be so hard for him.
1: (laughs) And he invites Lizzie and Miranda to his pool party.
0: Yeah, so do we think that his parents shut down the water park for him? Or is it just like everybody gets free admission to the water park?
1: I don't know. Maybe it was an after hours pool party. The girls in the back of the bus are still making their like kissing noises and whatever. And then he goes, duty calls. He goes to the back of the bus, presumably to kiss Kate. We don't see what happens, but there are all these like weird kissing sound effects.
0: Yeah, but as we've established, the Foley artist in this <laughs> and, uh, in this show Is insane
1: You're being very judgmental He's doing he or she Or they are doing their best Anyways Um, anyways, um, Bus scene ends And now we're in Lizzie's house For the first time Joe is going on About how she remembers Her first major party And Lizzie's like This isn't about you mom This is about me And it's kind of surprising to me how cool joe is about this pool party like of course you can go no questions my mom would have had so many questions
0: well the pool party if it is at the water park it's at a public place it's not like the kids are going to run off and be promiscuous in a public place like the water park
1: i think that there are places to go and
0: be promiscuous at a water park but like how promiscuous are you going to be at a water park it was interesting that in this pilot episode, there was really only an A story.
1: Yeah, Matt didn't have much to do.
0: I know, there was no weird B story. It was And I I missed it.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like
0: the as much as I rag on the weird B stories, in this episode without one, it felt like it was missing one.
1: It really like, did. I was
0: honestly like, where's the ridiculous thing that Matt's doing today? Why is he not killing his lizard? Why is he not pretending to be sick and putting ice down his pants.
1: Why is he being a normal 10-year-old?
0: Yeah, he's just kind of annoying, honestly.
1: He wasn't very developed
0: in this episode.
1: There's a great line, though, um, where he asks if he can go to the pool party. Joe, Joe says no, asks Lizzie, Lizzie says no, and then turns to Sam and goes, I guess there's no point in asking you. Sam goes, guess not. I mean, that's
0: consistent with everything that we've learned about Sam so far. So
1: consistent, and I love, like, it was, like, a really tight way to just, like, really clarify the power dynamics in the McGuire household. It comes up that there's kissing on the bus, and... Matt is very, um, ew about it. And so is Sam. Sam asks if they should report it.
0: Yeah, to who? To who? The bus driver who clearly doesn't care.
1: And then Lizzie jokes that sometimes there's strip poker. Really just, like, egging, egging her dad on. You really get this, like, kind of overprotective, but, like, sexist dad vibe. A little bit. Which is consistent with the Britney Spears comments
0: he has about one of these moments every episode it seems yeah the so
1: cheerleaders far. are snooty yeah
0: something judgy yeah
1: yeah it's very like okay
0: i guess he was just born as an adult it's like can you imagine him as a child and it's like <laughs> nah he was always just a tall gangly man
1: and then the scene kind of goes on and on also
0: i i would like to skip forward so four episodes we've met two grandmothers
1: yeah, episode two, picture day, we got Gammy Maguire, and now we're introduced to Nana.
0: Yeah, and there's a real misdirect with Nana. Like, we're clearly <laughs> supposed to think that Nana is not a cool grandma in the beginning. On the Yes. Like, she's turning 80. How old is Gammy Maguire?
1: Like, 61. Like, or
0: 61. There's like a 20. Yeah, so there's yeah. a big age gap between these two grandmas. Mm. However, we're clearly supposed to think that because Nana is turning 80, she doesn't have Any coolness anymore Which we'll learn at the end Could not be further from the truth
1: Yeah It's a great It's a great Kind of just like Veers in a totally different direction But yeah So Joe's really on board With Lizzie going to this pool party Until she finds out The day of the pool party And realizes that Oh no That's the day of Nana's birthday And that's where The conflict of the story Crystallizes Lizzie is immediately Really like On the attack About this When she's told She can't go She says Nana didn't come To my party And then Sam says Because she was In the hospital Having her hip replaced
0: Yeah I like that That was a good moment (laughs) And then cartoon Lizzie Literally explodes (laughs) Cartoon Lizzie Throughout this whole Sequence Is getting Progressively more And more mad Her face keeps getting Redder and redder And And this is the moment Where she just explodes
1: she really does. Lizzie's not hungry. She storms up to her room. There's a lot of storming off and slamming doors. In... Go to your room. I'm already in my room. <laughs> what are you referencing? Lilo and Stitch. Oh. Uh, so now we're at school. Um, Lizzie's parents are so Blair Witch, according to Miranda.
0: Yeah, and Lizzie says her grandmother might be lying about her age. <laughs> And she's actually 79, which wouldn't change the fact that it's her birthday. Yeah. I guess just 80 is more of a milestone than 79. But just like, what cynicism about her own grandmother?
1: I know. And Miranda's totally like on board with this conspiracy theory too. And she's like, and this would all be for nothing.
0: Yeah, what? <laughs> what does that even mean?
1: I didn't write down the exact phrase, but I want to note that in this scene, Gordo Says twittering as a verb.
0: Yeah, which he says he's tired of the twittering nimwits.
1: Just so ahead of his time.
0: I know. Do we think that he is actually Jack Dorsey as a young
1: child? <laughs> oh, no.
0: <laughs> he will invent Twitter. He's like, look at all these <laughs> twittering people. Twitter.
1: It's a nice, it's a nice conspiracy theory.
0: <laughs> I'm full of conspiracy theories. You really
1: are. And then Gordo gives a whole spiel about... There being two types of people in this world, the people who I'm paraphrasing, but he's basically like the people who peak in high school and the people who are super successful afterwards and then come back and brag about it at the reunions. And both things can't be true.
0: And this is how he contextualizes Lizzie's and Miranda's um, desire to go to the party and To go back to your point earlier about how you couldn't imagine Gordo and Miranda ever being friends by themselves, he's disappointed, but only in Lizzie, not Miranda.
1: Yeah. I didn't love that. I didn't love um, him being like, I'm disappointed, Lizzie McGuire.
0: Yeah. Like, why why is he only disappointed in Lizzie? And why is he disappointed at all? Like, she wants to go to a party. Yeah. Big deal.
1: Yeah. Gordo is like a smidge too judgy. Part of his character is being judgy, but I feel like in the other episodes there's been a really good balance of, like, um, the, like, tension between, like, what he says and what he does. Yeah. And, like, this episode leans more heavily into, like, know-it-all, judgy Gordo. I agree. He's more of a
0: caricature of himself.
1: Yeah. And his voice is so distracting. (laughs) It's like he dropped it. For like, like he's speaking in a lower voice than he actually has, and then he also says um, my least favorite line of the episode. Um, this is where he mentions that his parents are shrinks, and at the end of this scene, he says, "If you think you don't like your bodies now, just wait." No, Gordo. Yeah,
0: that's a little bit no of a line.
1: That's no, <laughs> <laughs>
0: no bad. Don't say that.
1: Oh, I just like that's just like one of those lines that made me cover my face with my hands and just like I actively cringed
0: yeah I get the sentiment too and I feel like this is probably a Terry Minsky line right it just it would sound different coming from like if it came from Joe you would be like yeah that checks out but coming from like a 10 year old boy it just is so weird
1: Yeah like why are you like talking about their bodies Why are you thinking about their bodies Like that seems
0: like such a mom line Right yeah It's like something a mom would say And here's Gordo saying like Like talking about their changing bodies Right like you could like
1: a mom would say it In a very like You kids think it's hard now But like just you wait And like but the way he says it is very like No That
0: line does not belong to him No it doesn't No
1: well, then we cut to they're at their lockers and Kate approaches Miranda and Lizzie and asks Miranda if her mom does Mendy tattoos and Miranda's like yeah and she kind of falls right into Kate's lap on this and basically Kate asks Miranda if she would if her mom would do these tattoos at the pool party and Miranda says yes and Lizzie's like you have to ask your mom first It's just
0: a slap in the face to Lizzie because Lizzie had asked Miranda If Miranda would go to the pool party without her and Miranda had said no way But now she's like immediately walking that back because Kate is asking her To get her mom to make these tattoos and then they'll all go to the party together
1: Right and like when Lizzie calls her out on that right after the scene Miranda's first reaction is to be defensive like why would you even think That I would just go back on what I said like that And then it's like, dot, dot, dot. But would you be mad if I did?
0: Yep. And then we flash forward to the bus and Kate walks onto the bus and it's like, Randa, sit back here. And Lizzie's like, Randa.
1: And we were also like, Randa.
0: (laughs) And that leaves Lizzie to sit with this kid who just picks his nose.
1: Yeah, gross. like, really aggressively.
0: And then flicks it. And
1: he, like, twirls gross. it around, like, in his fingers.
0: So gross. And,
1: it like, flicks it off. Like, a re- just a really aggressive nose picker.
0: Yeah. Not into that.
1: And then we're back at home. We overhear Joe's in the middle of a conversation. Something about computers. Not clear who she's talking to.
0: Well, here's the deal. So it sounds like Joe had signed up to volunteer for a newsletter. She's talking on the phone about trying to get out of volunteering for the newsletter. Mm -hmm. And Lizzie overhears this. And Joe is talking about maybe making up a lie, trying to come up with an excuse. And this is just so hypocritical. Exactly. Especially given the context of what happened earlier with Lizzie needing to go to Nana's party.
1: Yeah, you can't just, you know, lecture your kid about the importance of following through on a commitment. And then just turn around and try to get out of one of your own commitments.
0: Absolutely not. It's rude.
1: And, like, Lizzie does a great job of calling that out. Again, she's very, like, on the offense in this entire episode. She's like, so it's okay for you to lie about the stuff you don't want to do? And, like, that's a fair question.
0: Yeah. So she goes up to her room and...
1: Storms off again.
0: Yeah, and then we get, like, this weird kind of, like... I don't know. It's like a weird melodramatic movie where she's all like, "I feel so alone. Maybe I I'll need just be no a loner. One. Uh, maybe I'll just be a loner. I need no one. It's so angsty.
1: Really angsty. Really angsty music. Like this whole episode is an early two thousands music video.
0: It really is, especially the moment that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yes. <laughs> um. Uh, sorry, I'm already thinking about it now. I
1: know it's a good moment. Uh, um, her t- during this angst peak angst, her dad knocks on the door and she says in her well, animated Lizzie says, Great, they brought in the understudy.
0: Yeah, Ouch. true. But then the following lines were actually my favorite lines of the episode. So dad goes, I haven't seen you all day. And Lizzie goes, I look pretty much the same. I liked that. I thought that That's was a good. good. Comeback. That was good.
1: So angsty cuts to Joe and Sam talking about angsty Lizzie. Um, He's ready to go back, ready to try again, and is being heavily coached by Joe, who goes off on this um, sort of rant about girls and how girls are at this age and how they can be really toxic to each other. One day, you know, you're someone's best friend. The next day, you're not speaking. And, like, yes, yes, like...
0: Yeah, and Joe <laughs> tells Sam to do something called the hairbrush technique. Yes. Is this a technique that you're familiar with?
1: I am not familiar with the hairbrush technique.
0: So your your parents never tried to use the hairbrush technique to get information out of you?
1: It wasn't really hard to get information out of me. You're
0: just an open book.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, especially with my mom. But Lizzie needs the hairbrush technique. And Joe is very heavily coaching Sam on what this is. You go into her room and just say you're looking for the hairbrush. And you have to say something neutral. You can't just ask a direct question. And Sam's like, okay, and then after that, I can I can ask. And Joe's like, no, 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 you have to see if she makes eye contact. And only if she makes eye contact can you ask the question. It's a lot. It's a lot of work.
0: But and it- then
1: we get... To peak Music video
0: Yeah so there are a couple of things So in this scene Lizzie and Sam are chatting in the backyard And there's no sound We don't hear what they're saying It's just kind of like music over it Meanwhile Joe watches from the kitchen And she places her hand Wistfully on the window (laughs) So it's kind of like a weird mix Between a scene from a Hallmark movie And An antidepressant commercial (laughs)
1: It does look like one of those, one of those commercials. Yeah, I
0: know. And it's like just this woman like looking through the window (laughs) at her daughter and her husband and there's just no words. It's just the music.
1: And it's like kind of sad music. Like I feel like it's, it's, I feel like we're supposed to get the sense that not that she's happy that Sam and Lizzie are having this moment, but that she feels like she's missing
0: out it's a scene where if you change the music, you could literally make the scene whatever you wanted it to be. <laughs> like if you switched it out for like horror music, it would look like Joe wanted to murder them. <laughs> it's so nondescript. No,
1: you're so right.
0: Yeah. Oh it's my just God. a weird scene, especially given the context of like every episode that we've seen up to this point. I'm like very glad that they did. I've seen nothing like this. <laughs> I've seen nothing like this, absolutely
1: before or since
0: <laughs> yeah it was I'm glad that they did not stick with that style as comedic as it might have been because
1: I don't think it was supposed to be comedic
0: to me it was comedic all right because there are just so many possibilities
1: and then after peak music video moment Sam comes back inside and delivers my favorite Sam line of the episode
0: Wow her life has so much emotion, so much drama. It's completely exhilarating to have her open up like that to me.
1: So you hear the music. You hear the earnestness in his voice. It's really sweet. It was a good dad moment. And what? Joe looks very jealous of that good dad moment. Oh,
0: she's so jealous <laughs> so of that dad moment. I thought when he started talking, it was a joke. Because <laughs> of the way he was saying it. When he just goes, wow, her life has so... like." I was waiting for like the other shoe to drop on that line, but he was being sincere. He was, being he was like, really "Wow, sincere. her life does have so much emotion, so much drama."
1: And then we get the first time. I guess you could say the there's like a location change, but it's I would still consider it the same scene because like the music crescendos. You're still very much in this like sequence of this events. music
0: video. Honestly, yes,
1: the music crescendos. You're still in this sequence of. Lizzie peak angst. And as the music builds, there's this like, she's at her locker now at school, and there's a dramatic walk by like the, all the popular girls and Kate, and Miranda is with them. And they kind of like look at each other, like look away.
0: It's such a cliche moment.
1: It's really dramatic. And then we're in the library. It's a new scene. It's Lizzie and Gordo together. And Gordo is on Joe's side and is basically calling Lizzie out for being kind of harsh. Would you call this an intervention?
0: I mean, Gordo is trying so hard all episode to have an intervention. So <laughs> did he get he it? He finally kind of gets it. So he's like, I guess one for maybe four. So not a great intervention success rate, but he finally kind of gets it. He equates the situation that Lizzie finds herself in now to the situation that he was actually in the when whole Lizzie time. and Miranda were gonna go to the party without him because he was never invited.
1: Yeah, and they didn't even ask him if he was in like they did that didn't even cross their minds to be like, What about Gordo?
0: I know, so mean.
1: The power of Danny Kessler, aka Brad Pitt.
0: <laughs> I guess. Gordo seems to just have higher self esteem, which is an interesting juxtaposition to what we see from the episode where Gordo gets pressured into not smiling in his school photo.
1: Right, and that's the Gordo I like because that feels real. Like again, he's playing a caricature of himself in this episode. It
0: really is. Yeah.
1: I'm really happy that it just gets way better and more fleshed out from here. Definitely. And yeah, there's this kind of f- the friendship moment between them and Lizzie realizing That Gordo was never invited in the first place and saying that stinks. And basically they're like, well, now we're not going together. But then it cuts back to the house and surprise, Lizzie can go to the party. And this is where we get the incredible Nana content that we've been missing.
0: So when Joe first knocks on the door and says, you can actually go to the party, my mind is like, did Nana just die? (laughs) That was my first thought, sadly. Which is like...
1: Fair. She's turning 80. She's already had a hip replacement.
0: But it turns out, no.
1: Because Nana is going to Vegas, and not to just go to Vegas. She has entered herself in the World Series of Poker.
0: What? Yeah, so immediate (laughs) follow-up question. Now that we've met both grandmothers, who is the cooler grandmother? Is it Gammy McGuire, windsurfing instructor extraordinaire? Or is it Nana? (laughs) World Series of Poker newbie, but confident.
1: <laughs> I'm Team Nana.
0: You're Team Nana here.
1: I'm Team Nana. It was it was a plot twist that I appreciated. Is Gammy Maguire still going to be um, parasailing at 80?
0: I mean, sh- she does have a rockin' six pack.
1: <laughs> so Nana's going to go play some poker. Lizzie can go to the party. And it turns into this like... Joe really trying to make up for the conversation that she missed out on where it turns into this sort of like, all I want and all I've ever wanted is for you to be happy.
0: Yeah, we're back to like a Hallmark movie. It just like
1: didn't really, it it didn't fit this, like why? Why are we, like not why does she want her daughter to be happy? Like why did the scene go in this direction?
0: This episode is trying so hard to have. A message and a point of view That it just comes off as a little bit preachy
1: I would agree with that It's just it didn't need to Like I would have appreciated more If like there was a more honest conversation About like I would have What I would have liked to see Is a conversation about The call out that happened earlier
0: Yeah that's a good I that's a good idea I hadn't thought of that but that would actually Have fit in really well here
1: Because Joe likes to you know talk about mis- Yeah
0: it's never really addressed in No fall.
1: And that, that would have fit to me, like, just turning it into this whole, like, I just want you to, like, go to your parties and be happy. It just this whole episode you told her she couldn't go. I just, I don't know, it didn't work Yeah,
0: for me. it's It does feel like that would have been the right way for this episode to go because that would have been a lesson on, like, if instead she did have to go to Nana's and then they had to have that conversation and then it was actually Joe who ended up having to take away... Kind of a lesson from all of this mm-hmm. It would have made a really interesting pilot episode But the way that it turns out Is kind of I don't know There were never any real stakes or growth anywhere It was just kind of This happens This happens This happens And now you can go to the party
1: There's no growth leading up to that point But it comes after Because Lizzie chooses to not go to the party Even though she can Because Gordo can't
0: True But I think that same growth Could have occurred With With them Yeah, Still having to go to Nana's party, but then you get the added benefit of Joe also having learned a lesson as well. It would just make it a more multidimensional episode, especially in an episode where we're only focused on the A story. Mm -hmm. There's only one story. Yeah, So you want to make it as multidimensional of an A story as you possibly can.
1: Yeah, but I I see the logic of putting Lizzie in a situation where she got what she she technically got what she wanted but then you know chose to hang out with her friend but now we're at my favorite moment in the episode we're gonna play the clip it's Lizzie and Gordo in Lizzie's backyard they are tie-dying sheets together and the song why can't we be friends is playing and we get some good commentary from from animated Lizzie
0: as it turns out I decided not to go to Danny Kessler's party. Gordo says it's always useful to confound your peers by not doing the thing that's expected of you. I have no idea if he's right, but I figure if you're going to listen to anybody, you might as well be a guy who spends an entire Saturday helping you tie-dye your sheets. So, maybe I missed the defining event of my adolescence. But then again, maybe the defining moment is realizing that there really is no such thing. Yeah, that's it.
1: Ugh, I just like teared up. I've seen this so many times. As much as um, we've had to say about like the narrative structure of this episode and we've probably been the most critical of this episode so far, I would say.
0: I mean, I think that's fair because it's the pilot, and I think yeah. it was made to kind of be criticized so it could get those notes before it actually went to air.
1: Totally, yeah. This feels like, you know, kind of like a first draft situation.
0: Which it is. Which
1: it is. Yeah, that's what a pilot is. Yeah. Um, but I think that this, that scene that we just played just encapsulates everything I love about the show and, like, what I continue to love about the show. We have a great friend moment. We have great music. We have great words of wisdom. It's just so cute. (laughs) I love it so much.
0: Yeah, it's a good moment. It definitely, I think, is probably the moment that got the show made.
1: The parents are also, and Matt, are just sitting on the porch watching them and like applauding.
0: Yeah, which is weird. Which
1: is weird, but I love it.
0: It almost looks like the same clip every time they show it. Yeah. (laughs) Because they show them clapping multiple times, and it's the same clip every time.
1: But it's so cute. I almost wish that the episode ended there. I know that we have to have the resolution with Miranda, but it's just such a strong moment.
0: It would have been a real strong moment.
1: To just, like, go out on and just be like, yeah, that's it, end of episode.
0: Yeah, but we do get that extra scene at the end.
1: We do. Miranda is back. She says she's been a total creep.
0: (laughs) Total weirdo.
1: (laughs) And very clearly... Regrets how this how the situation between them has unfolded
0: yeah and she's had a pretty rough day as well turns out Kate's allergic to the Mendy and then blamed Miranda for that so
1: not a great pool party
0: not a great pool party for Miranda
1: for some unexplicable reason the moment that Lizzie and Miranda start talking gordo says i think this might be a girl thing and just like leaves
0: yeah like what's he like friendship (laughs) like Like, what is he talking about
1: but it's kind of so i feel like a, a lot of the dynamics that were set up in this episode in this pilot support my my theory that lizzie's the glue
0: yeah because we establish here that lizzie is miranda's best friend Lizzie says she doesn't have a best friend.
1: Yeah, Lizzie won't. She doesn't
0: believe in best (laughs) friends. Lizzie
1: doesn't believe. But I, I, I appreciated the reasoning. She said something along the lines of, you only call someone your best friend when you're mad at them and when they're not being a good friend. But when things are good, you don't feel the need to sort of declare it.
0: I don't know that that's necessarily true.
1: Yeah, I mean... 12-year-old logic. I think that she doesn't want to decisively call Miranda her best friend because there's Gordo. Because Gordo's right there. Then the episode ends, and that is 104, Pool Party, the pilot episode of Lizzie McGuire.
0: I think that they should have put this at the beginning. It would have really helped with some of the context. To have it in the middle like this was a little bit jarring.
1: Yeah, I think that it should have been at the beginning because, A, it really very straightforwardly introduces every character. It is jarring to see how much lower the production value is compared to the episodes that happen after they're greenlit. And again, it's just kind of disorienting to be watching a show that has such a clear A and B story flow. And then to jump back and really just have one one storyline.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like Matt yeah. wasn't really in this episode.
0: Yeah, no. Except
1: you- to annoy Lizzie. And like they're fighting over the remote at one point. And we didn't even mention that during the recap because it was like two seconds.
0: It's, yeah, it's not pivotal to the events that transpire.
1: But we made it through. We did. And even with some of the rough elements Again, one of my favorite sequences in the entire series is in this episode. So now on to the arguably most important part of the outfit repeaters. (laughs) Yeah. The outfits.
0: The outfits. One thing that I found jarringly different in this pilot episode than the episodes that we've watched previously is Gordo's sense of fashion because previously I've said that Gordo and I (laughs) wear very similar clothes. But in this episode, I would not wear a single thing that Gordo wore. <laughs> Starting with this outfit right here. What is this shirt?
1: You know, it's similar in that it is a collared shirt that is unbuttoned. Are the sleeves short or long? I can't really tell.
0: I believe long sleeves. Okay. Or no, I believe short sleeves. Sorry.
1: There's like snakes on the sleeves?
0: They're like dragons.
1: Dragons? Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: I don't know. This shirt is just there's way too much going on for me with this shirt. Do you like this shirt?
1: I don't love this shirt.
0: Me either. Boo.
1: <laughs> I have to say that the girls, it was very um muted in, in style in their style compared to what we later see. Cause Lizzie McGuire is known for her sense of style and for being an influence in the fashion choices of young girls.
0: Is that true? I thought she was the outfit repeater.
1: Right. But as a show, like a lot of, uh, I mean, like I know, just speaking for myself, I wanted to look like Lizzie McGuire. I wanted to repeat her sense of style and incorporate it into my own sense of style. And in this episode, we don't really see the same funky aesthetic that Lizzie becomes known for It's very like I said. The colors are much more muted. Marin's wearing a cute denim jacket. Lizzie's wearing like a pink flower patterned blouse, which just doesn't feel like Lizzie to me.
0: Yeah, it's like her mom dressed her.
1: Yeah, that's a good. That's a good way to put it. I know. And their hair is very, um, very normal.
0: So back to weird Gordo outfits.
1: (laughs) This is a Gordo
0: focused. We're back in the library. And Gordo looks like he just came from a bowling league.
1: he does that's what I was about to say
0: like he's wearing a legit bowling shirt. does Gordo bowl?
1: canonically, I don't know
0: Can, it's, <laughs> yeah it's um it's a choice to wear a bowling shirt just casually.
1: Gordo doesn't care what other people think
0: and last up, uh last outfit uh that we have to mention is Nana's Vegas outfit <laughs> so. How are we feeling about Nana at the World Series of Poker?
1: Nana at the World Series of Poker looks suspiciously like Gabby McGuire parasailing.
0: <laughs> you think the two grandmothers are the same actress? That is high-level conspiracy. Oh, my God.
1: Like, now that we're frozen on an image?
0: The implications of that, <laughs> the two grandmothers actually being the same grandmother, are very suspect.
1: What do you think?
0: I don't know. I would need to go back and look at Gammy McGuire. I mean, looking at Nana specifically, I like this outfit. From the pink visor to the two large sunglasses.
1: It's really cute. I would want her to be my to, grandma.
0: like, the kind of, like...
1: It's like kind of like a bomber jacket. Yeah. like It's a, like a
0: nylon jacket. Yeah. It's like a late 80s, early 90s kind of yeah. nylon jacket with a bunch of flowers on it. It yells... I'm a casual poker player which could be the perfect cover (laughs) if she's actually really good which apparently she is it looks like she has uh, it looks like she has a good hand it looks like I see an ace of spades and then I see a matching face card I can't really make out the other cards but I mean it looks like she's doing well she has a lot
1: of chips in front of her
0: the person next to her is clearly very upset (laughs) he's like oh my god how am I losing to this lady (laughs) This is my favorite look of the episode.
1: Good job, Nana.
0: Good job, Nana. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. And finally, on to MVP.
0: Marissa, who is your MVP of this episode?
1: This is a tough one for me because it really felt like this episode was all about Lizzie. So in some ways, it feels like it was also an underdeveloped story, but I think that if Anyone deserves to be the MVP. It is the title character of the pilot of her own show. So okay. I'm gonna give it to Lizzie. You're
0: gonna, give it, to Lizzie I'm gonna give it to
1: Lizzie McGuire. I think that while there was a lot of angst in this episode, I was pretty much with her the whole time. I believed the performance that Hilary Duff gave. I can definitely like go back and remember the feeling of, you know, like why do the rules my parents make only apply to me and like thinking that my parents were hypocrites sometimes. And I appreciated the call out on that. And then she just delivered my one of my favorite series of lines. The growth happened. She chose to stay home with her friend when she could have gone to the pool party without him. And they were adorable together and delivered one of the best sequences in the series. So that's why Lizzie McGuire is my MVP. And Sam, who is yours?
0: There were a lot of characters in this episode I found who, for every good moment they had, they also had a bad moment. I feel like Lizzie fell into that category as well because she did have, you know, the good moment of choosing to stay behind with Gordo, but she was also a little petty about the party about missing Nana's birthday, about forgetting that Gordo wasn't even invited to the party in the first place. So for me, there's one clear character whose motivation can never be questioned throughout the entire episode, and that is, of course, Nana, who is my MVP of this episode. Number one, she's turning 80. Wow. She is in incredible health. She is... Having a nice party And she wants her family to be there She wants good family time And then Except she doesn't Well Here's the thing (laughs) When she learns That Lizzie Has a pool party to go to Who rescues Lizzie From her situation And says You know what Lizzie I'm gonna manufacture A way for you To go to your pool party Nana By going to Vegas And entering the World Series of Poker (laughs) Nana Nana Congratulations, you are the MVP of episode four. You made everything happen. (laughs) That is
1: 1,000% speculation.
0: Nope. That is now out in the universe as canon.
1: Where is the evidence that this was all for Lizzie? Nana wanted to go play some poker and didn't care that her family had planned to spend her birthday with her.
0: By the transitive property, Lizzie wanted to go to a party. Nana went to Las Vegas, therefore Lizzie wanted to go to a party, so Nana went to Las Vegas. Boom.
1: I think that that was just a convenient plot device. I think that that you're giving Nana too much credit.
0: Did you miss the scene with the secret phone call where Lizzie was like, Nana, they won't let me go to the pool party. (laughs) I'm so alone and I have no friends. And Nana was like, don't worry, child, I got your back.
1: Oh, my God besides your truly banana's nana theory
0: banana's nana theory <laughs> <laughs>
1: just came out <laughs> um, i also want to push back on the idea that like like when i'm choosing an mvp i'm not looking for who's the most perfect character i don't think that that's fair i think that the mvp for me just needs to have you know an arc where there is growth I think that they need to have like a, a standout line or a moment.
0: And you think Nana I don't has not- the most standout <laughs> moment of this entire episode <laughs> by going to Las Vegas and entering the World Series of Poker.
1: Okay, but Nana, that's not a Nana line. That's a Joe line. Nana doesn't say anything. No,
0: it's not the line. It's You said a defining moment. Okay. That is a defining <laughs> moment.
1: I'm, I'm not arguing that Nana can be your MVP. I'm just saying the logic of why Nana is...
0: I don't like you discrediting my MVP. When I choose <laughs> Nana.
1: But your argument for choosing Nana is that, like, every other character was flawed.
0: My favorite character, when I finished the episode, hey, it was Nana. That's she fine, made me but feel this... the most positive things.
1: <laughs> You're giving Nana too much credit. That's all I'm saying. She didn't conspire to get Lizzie to this pool party.
0: You don't know that. This is my MVP. You had your MVP. I have my MVP. Okay.
1: Okay.
0: And Nana's my MVP. Deal with it, you muggle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, Sam needs to go calm down. I'm heated. We've said a lot of words. And that was episode 104, Pool Party, the pilot episode of Lizzie McGuire. The highs were high. The lows were low. I'd like to give a final farewell to Danny Kessler. Good run. Good run. A good four episode. I, you can't even call it an arc because all the episodes are out of order.
0: Closest we'll ever get to Brad Pitt.
1: Closest we'll ever get to Brad Pitt. Danny Kessler walks so Ethan Kraft could run and more on that to come. As always, you can follow us at OFit Repeat Pod on Twitter. You can follow me at Marissa Cantor. Sam is at Sir Sam Chung. We are very on the pulse of all things, Lizzie, especially at this highly active news time.
0: Uh, go like the Facebook page. Go visit our website, slash outfit repeaters, to go see photos of the outfits we talked about today. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And that's really it thank you for listening we appreciate you
1: yes thank you for following us on this journey we're having a lot of fun we hope that you are too and we'll be back next week with episode 105 I've Got Rhythmic